Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, how are you, buddy? Oh, doing absolutely fantastic, my dude. How are you doing this fine I'm evening? Doing awesome. Got a lot of stuff to cover, so episode today is EPL's back, Jack. Got a lot to cover in the opening weekend. Lots of transfer drama just all over the board. New signings debuting, games to watch. So let's get into it. Targo, let's make sure these people check out our socials, Facebook, Facebook group, our Instagram page, uh, our TikTok account, our YouTube. Make sure you're checking out every Friday. We got the rumor mill about all the latest and greatest transfer rumors and done deals and our Redbubble account because, yeah, awesome merch. Who doesn't want that? Duh. Like, subscribe. Hit the bell notification, five stars on the podcast platforms. Do it all, people. Let's go. So, Targo, what are you drinking today, my friend? Well, I just spilt some, so hold on one sec. That's alcohol Um, abuse. (laughs) Just a drop. Just a drop. I'm drinking (laughs) Stone Hazy IPA. There's the can. It's like a, honestly, a demon. Is that that a demon? And flowers. Something like that. But, yeah, demons and flowers. Okay. It's uh, got a little description, so I'll give that a read. Okay. IPAs were once considered an extreme style only for hardcore beer nerds, like, say, us. Yeah. Today, we're stoked to see IPA is the most popular style of craft beer in the world and quite proud of our role in getting it there. There's no denying juicy, hazy IPAs like this one have further fueled that popularity with Stone Hazy IPA. We say, hell yeah, embrace the Hell yeah. Hence the demon, I guess. I don't know. How's it taste? All right. Since you spilled it it on yourself. Pretty mild. Yeah. Thought it'd be a little a little hoppier, but hmm. more juice. Well, I definitely taste yeah. the juice. Yeah, that's the thing about those hazies, man. They do tend to have a little bit more juice in them. See, hit or miss, though. Some are juicy, yeah. some are hoppy. You never yeah. know. Never it's know weird. what you're going to get. <laughs> like a box of chocolates. <laughs> uh, today. Like a case of hazy IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> a variety pack, right? Yep. Uh, so today I'm drinking light sky, citrus wheat, blue moon, trying to watch my figure, 95 calories, 3.6 grams of carbs, brewed with tangerine peel. Fun times. Good old blue moon. Good old blue moon. It tastes like a lighter version of a blue moon. <laughs> so. Hence a blue moon light. Yep. Blue moon light. So let's get into the news, Targo. One of the big, I feel like this is the week of injuries, man. There's a ton of them. So not only before the season started, but yeah. like this first weekend, man, so many big players just done, done for the yeah. season. ACL yeah. out. And, and one of them, uh, Christopher and Cuckoo. He had surgery on his knee, initially thought to be more of a lengthy injury. It is going to be longer than that. I think they said somewhere between four to seven months. Yeah, four How big months of a blow is, the... is that for Chelsea? Oh, dude, it's a ginormous blow. I feel like he was their best player on that team. Yeah, 100%. Looks fantastic in preseason. Uh, I feel like they were building around him. So it's, it's a huge blow. Yeah. 
that combo of him and Nico Jackson up top, man, they were looking sharp during preseason. I was excited to see them potentially tear up Liverpool's defense. We only got to see one of them. Well, we'll shame. get into that that game, but yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, huge blow. <laughs> Chelsea, surprise, surprise, being investigated for financial fair play breaches. However, it was from during the Roman Abramovich era. Apparently, during the Todd Bowley takeover, they reported it, but now they're getting hit with sanctions about it. That sucks if you're Todd Bowley, like the previous owner does some shady stuff, and right, you're you the one. The good thing of reporting it but now you have to face the consequences. <laughs> yeah. Now you get to face the financial backlash of deducting points or right. no transfers or whatever. Giant fine. I know UEFA already fined them $10 million, so <laughs> I can only imagine what the Premier League is going to do. So I don't know. Wolves manager Julian Loptigi has terminated his contract by mutual consent. You called it. You heard it here first, folks. I uh, didn't believe you, but uh, it only happened like merely 12 hours after It was after a day we after our, le- our yeah. episode aired, yeah. yeah. It was bad. Uh, I told you, man. Wolves are a complete mess. They're in financial they trouble. They spent so much money last January getting Mateus Cunha, and then they got Goncalo Gues in the summer, and uh, Mateus Nunez. They, they spent so much money. And, that- and then they lost their best player and Ruben Neves and their club captain and Nathan Collins to Brentford, Connor Cody to Leicester, Raul Jimenez to Fulham, Ryan Giles to Luton town and Adama Traore to Fulham. And, and Jao Matinho. Jao Matinho. I feel like yeah. that's the biggest loss. Honestly. That is a big one. Yeah. Huge financial fair play trouble after spending so much in January, like you said. And man. even with all those players gone, I think they've, they've gotten almost 90 million in sales and they still, They've already come out and said, we're buying no one. Yeah. <laughs> Zero yep. incomings. It's crazy. And, I mean, we'll get to their game later, but somehow they're still really good. They didn't look bad. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, mere hours after Luke Tiggy left, uh, they hired former Bournemouth boss Gary O'Neill. So, yeah, I think what I'd, uh, what I'd heard is Luke Tiggy had talked to the board there at Wolves. And he basically told him, like, hey, this isn't working. I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you guys a few days to find a new manager. So he stayed around for a while. And that's why that was announced so quickly. That makes sense. Look at you having the scoop. Got my sources. (laughs) All right. West Ham, after not signing anyone all summer, have signed three players in a week. We know they signed, I believe it was Edison Alvarez from Ajax earlier. Last week, uh, they signed Harry Maguire and James Ward-Prowse for $30 million each uh, within a couple of days of each other. Good signings for them? Yeah. yeah. I definitely think so. They yeah. needed signings, man. I, if, so if you look at this past weekend, they were the only team without any new players. All the players that were on that field are from the previous season. Yeah. A little bit worrying. It is. It is, especially after the way they played in the league last season. Uh, and they lost their best player. So they need those reinforcements to be ready fast. But good result for them. We'll get into that in a bit. Lutontown, surprising signing. Uh, Ross Barkley, remember him? I do. <laughs> he left from a Chelsea Everton player. Yeah, he left Nice in June after his contract expires. And almost literally 10 years to the day of when he made his debut for Everton, he signed for Lutontown. How old is he? I think he's like 
somewhere around, I want to say 29 or 30. Hold on, let me look it up. So, yeah, he's 29. Yeah. He's been around for a while, man. Long time. Yeah. I don't know. I'll admit, I haven't seen much of him lately. Uh, since his really Everton days, because did he play for Chelsea? <laughs> Not really. No. Not like Calvin Phillips for City. Didn't play much. About that, yeah. So we'll see what he can do, man. We'll see. If he can recapture any of his form he had for Everton, Luton Town have a heck of a signing on their hands. Luton needs someone with Premier League experience, that's for sure. Yeah, and after a couple of signings, we're going to get back to the injuries. Because Rasmus Hoyland is apparently nursing a knee injury and will be out the first couple of games of the season. It's reported his debut could come against none other than the Gunners. In yep, he didn't, he didn't play in the home opener against Wolves to the injury, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, what's a couple more games without a striker, right? It's not like they've never done that <laughs> Did it all last year, pretty much, unless you count about <laughs> Vagors. <laughs> right. Uh, Arsenal have signed David Raya from Brentford, uh, but the I thought it was going to be a permanent deal. Uh, apparently, it's a loan deal for $3 million. And he extended his contract with Brentford. He had only 12 months left. And then Arsenal have a $27 million buy option in his contract. But if he plays a certain number of games, it becomes mandatory. I so feel honestly, like this, this is, is the- genius. This genius. was genius, genius by Adu. What they did here is genius. three million. Yeah. Okay, we get a honestly could be number one could be goalkeeper. Better goalkeeper, yeah. And so Out that's of this deal. No get, obligation to buy him. If you no, want to not keep him, then you can. You have all year to scout for a new backup goalkeeper. That's right. And yeah, I think it's fantastic what they did. Again, they signed Brentford, signed him to another year, so his value doesn't go down. So he can go back mm-hmm. to Brentford and then get sold off somewhere else. Again. The crazy thing for me, though, is that Tottenham bid $40 million for him earlier in the window, and it got rejected. <laughs> and then Arsenal get him for $3 million on a loan. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Even the transfer window hates on Tottenham. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Brentford hating you. Speaking of drama, now we're going to get into some of the craziest drama I think we've probably ever seen in a transfer window. So like, I don't even know, man. Where, where, where does it this make guy sense? stand? It's it's flip flops so many times. Yeah. We're talking about Moises Caicedo. Where is yeah. he going? Yeah. Okay. So let's just go through the timeline, right? So Chelsea have been pursuing him. They put in, I think it was three or four bids before anybody else had even entered the conversation. Okay. All those got rejected. They weren't a hundred million. And then last week, come Thursday evening, Brentford or Brighton says, okay. We have a hard deadline. Thursday at midnight, you have to put your bid in, and whoever's the highest bidder just gets it. Okay, so Liverpool comes in with an English record of $110 million. <laughs> They accept it. Caicedo turns them down. He said no. He said no. I don't want to go to Liverpool. So Chelsea come back to the table. They bid $115 million. New transfer record. Same player. And they got their man. He got unveiled today as of this recording. Uh, apparently, he's been a lifelong Chelsea fan. I did not know that. Yeah. So, Moises Caicedo is going to Chelsea. He will yes. definitely help bolster that midfield. But wait, there's more. <laughs> now we're going to go to Romeo Lavia. 
from Southampton. <laughs> more Chelsea Liverpool fighting more back. More Chelsea forward. Liverpool, right? Liverpool have been chasing this guy all summer. They've bid three times, ended up bidding a fourth time. Got fifty million accepted. He turned Liverpool down as well. He decided to join Chelsea instead of Liverpool. So not only did Chelsea get their number one guy, but they got Liverpool's number one guy and their number two transfer target. And they spent a hundred, get this, sixty-five million on two players in like twenty-four hours. I can't believe Kaiseido went for that much, man. I can't either. Or Liverpool even put a bid in for that much. Like at that point, why not have just gone for Bellingham? That's what my point was, right? 110, you could have got Bellingham for less than that. That's ridiculous. 100%. So Overpriced, what? Lavia, 50 million. No, 19-year-old. Sorry. The market is just so inflated right now, man. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, that whole why the market's so inflated in a little bit. <laughs> uh, right. So bad turn of events uh, to start the season in one training session for Real Madrid. Thibaut Courtois tore his ACL. He'll be out six to seven months. Ada Guler, their new teenage sensation, also suffered a partial rupture in his internal meniscus of his right knee. Needs surgery, will be out six to seven weeks. And then, I believe it was in their game this week. First game, yep. First game. Against Athletic Club. Edward Militao does his ACL as well. Second uh, half. It was also it was out six pretty to seven nasty. months. Yeah. Like he takes was... a weird turn on his knee. and I watched it once and I'll never watch it again. Gives me the chills. Bad. Yeah, so, and then they're they get Kepa. Kepa. Yeah, that's the next bit of news. Took the words right out of my mouth. They got Kepa on loan for the season, no obligation and no buy clause in it to replace Tibo Courtois for the season. If you're uh, Lunin, the backup goalkeeper, I think it's Andre Lunin yeah. for Real Madrid. Is that a slap in the face to you, man? Yeah, a little bit, but also he did play terrible like, against Athletic. I thought he did all right, but at the same time, I'm like. As a person who has watched Keppa over the last couple of seasons, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, cool. You brought me in some competition. <laughs> he's no way guaranteed a starting spot. No, he's not. <laughs> but still, a little, little bit of a slap in the yeah, face yeah, there, 100%. I think, to Lunin. But at the same time, like bringing in David Raya for Aaron Ramsdale, it's got to feel like the same. I know he does. He says publicly he doesn't feel that way, and he says bring it on. But at the same time, it's like, Usually the one position you don't want two number one goalkeepers is our number one players is goalie. Yeah, usually want to know who your number one is. Yeah. So, so I also have some things on that David Raya transfer too, which I'll get it. into later, but okay. it's why didn't Chelsea go for him? They went for Sanchez Robert Sanchez instead. I mean I believe because he's already a backup. So they were thinking that he would just back up Keppa, but they thought wrong. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, Bournemouth have signed England under-21 star Alex Scott for a reported $25 million from Bristol City. I don't know if you saw any of his footage from the uh, under-21 World Cup, but, man, he's a stud. Yeah, he, he's been linked with quite a few teams in the Premier League. I know Wolves were looking after him, but they're broke. Aren't so not any money. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think that's Bournemouth, a good pickup. That is a great pickup for them. Aston Villa have signed Nicolo Zaniolo on loan for the season due to financial fair play with an option to buy for 27 million. Well, a total of 27 million. I think the loan was 4 million. From 23 million to buy him. Where in Turkey? Fenerbahce? 
Uh, Galatasaray. Galatasaray? Yeah. So we were talking about Galatasaray's front three, Wilfred Zaha, Zaniolo, and... Icardi. Icardi. Yeah. So there goes one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as dangerous now, but uh, I would say Aston Villa have quite the front three themselves now, so... Sorry, Leon Bailey. Dude, he did not look good on the weekend. No. But we'll... no. Uh, speaking of looking good, though, Messi scored in his fifth straight game. He's got eight goals. Now the leading goal scorer for the season for Inter-Miami. Uh, it took him five games to do so. They're in the League's Cup semifinals, thrashing Charlotte FC, who are no slouches, might I add you. Uh, 4-0. So. Goat yeah. doing goat things. Yep. And then speaking of goat things, Cristiano Ronaldo scored two in Al Nasir's win of the Saudi Cup, getting his first silverware for his Saudi team. So I've been seeing a lot of that stuff on social media. Cristiano Ronaldo pretty much looks like a tiny World Cup trophy. This Saudi Cup. Mm -hmm. What is it? I don't know. Is this like an FA Cup kind of situation or a preseason tournament for like a carabao cup because no one really takes it that seriously so that's what i'm saying like who yeah. cares i don't but silverware silverware people who love ronaldo i guess i don't know people yeah. in saudi arabia maybe but I don't, I don't know. so speaking of saudi arabia uh some crazy stuff happening at psg as well yeah players uh, going from psg players to saudi going arabia. and players staying who thought we're going uh neymar Set to join Al Halal in a ninety million or eighty million pound deal is ninety million euros, uh, which would see him earn a hundred million a year. Uh, is he for PSG the worst signing of all time? Zero <laughs> Champions League, only something million, two hundred twenty-two million. World record transfer, and now the transfer market is insane. I wouldn't say he's their worst signing ever. For the price? He did a lot, man. He scored a lot of goals, he had did. a lot of assists. He did. Um, but it, it's again it's the French League, Ligue 1. Won the title, but they were they won a Champions League, man. They never got there. Came close, but mm-hmm. yeah. never got there. So I, I guess that's the question. How would you rate Neymar's career? I would say he should have just stayed at Barcelona, honestly. Oh yeah, he should never while left he was PSG. At- yeah, while he was at PSG, I think he was linked more times to Barcelona than more times he was linked to getting a contract extension. And then Barcelona here were just linked with him, mm-hmm. bringing him Again. back. Yeah, which Xavi said no, didn't want. Xavi him. said no. Juan Laporta wanted him for the yeah. you know money reasons, of course. And I do think it would have been better for La Liga in whole to have a player like Neymar. I think it probably would have been better for his career, definitely. Yeah. But as far as for Xavi and that team, yeah, I wouldn't have you wanted him you there. You don't want that personality in the locker room. Uh, is, I, is his career done? He's, I mean, he's done at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, he's what, 32 now? Something like that, yeah. 32. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Sad. Yeah. Guy who was supposed to be winning Ballon d'Ors and... Nothing. Yeah. Dude, great for Brazil. I will say yeah. he's their top goal scorer, so... Yeah, Brazil and Barcelona. I mean, he won everything for them. With Messi and Suarez. He just was always second fiddle, man. Never. Always. And he went to PSG to be number one, and they signed Mbappe. So, and look where he's at now. But as far as, like, the world market for players, I think it probably is the worst signing of all time because of how inflated it made prices for every single player down Oh, it did, yeah. Well, then yeah. COVID hit, and it kind of brought it 
back down a little, but yeah, uh, it's definitely going it definitely back was up. wild. I mean, Chelsea spent what is it now? One point two billion since Todd Bowley took over. Well, then I saw another one on NBC when they're I was watching that Burnley Man City where Man City's defense costs more than Burnley has spent in their entire history. <laughs> also sounds accurate. I think it was like four hundred million or five hundred million, something like that. But that was more than Burnley had ever spent on transfers. Man City's defense cost that. That's that's nuts. And I might even go with worth more than the team itself. How much did Dude Perfect and JJ Watt and that investment group buy them for? Oh, I don't know. Not five hundred million, I wouldn't think. <laughs> it was something ridiculous though. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Anyways. Uh it now looks like Kylian Mbappe is gonna is likely to renew his contract for PSG. What I'm tired of talking about Kylian Mbappe and PSG, man. Will yeah, he I'm leave too. for free? They froze him out. They brought him back into the first team. He's saying he might sign, so he doesn't leave for free. If I'm Real Madrid, man, I give him the finger and walk away. Go well, by he, Holland. He already did that to them, so why not? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> l- let him stay at PSG. Yeah, let him rot there. Um, I mean, that's great for France, but no one cares. That he's yeah. Unless you're in France. Yeah, really. Uh, Roberto Mancini has resigned from the Italy job. They failed to qualify for the last World Cup, but won the Euros in 2021. This kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? It did come out of nowhere. Just handed in his resignation. Yeah, because, I mean, the Euros are next summer, isn't it? Well, no, they're in 2018. Is that what it says on there? 2021? 2021, so yeah. That that one got delayed a year, so. <clears throat> it would be 2024, wouldn't it? No. Anyways. Don't yeah. ask me, man. Crazy. I don't schedule that. Uh, my vote is Antonio Conte for manager of Italy. Pretty easy one, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and finally, probably the biggest transfer saga of the summer. Will he, won't he? He finally did. Harry Kane has finally been freed from Tottenham Hotspur Jail. And he has joined Bayern Munich, but not without some late drama, man. Uh, Courtois being out, Bayern bringing in Kane. Does this make Bayern Munich Champions League favorites? No. How about up there with the favorites? To win yeah, the I'll give him top five. Yeah. Probably top three. Yeah, and we'll get into his debut later. and kind of what Byron's looking at for the season. But, I mean, on paper, their squad looks stacked. So. Yeah, Kim and Jay on defense, Harry Kane up top. And don't forget Matthias DeLick right next to Kim and Jay. So, two of the best defenders in the world. All right, my friends. The Premier League is back. Back, back. It's back. Back, back. Oh, so we're going to go through some takeaways from this week's action. Starting with, well, the season curtain raiser and the opener, Burnley and Man City ended 3-0. What were your biggest takeaways from this game? I saw that coming. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everybody did. When you play the champions, opening day, newly promoted team, even at home. Yeah. So I will say Burnley threatened. That was that's about it. They tried. I honestly they tried. Man yep. City did what Man City does, man, pass the ball around. Found 
Erling Holland in the box. Yeah. I mean, Holland with two, 14 touches. Um, his first one was a real poacher's goal. It took him 185 seconds to score it. Yeah, it was like it's like three minutes or something yeah. like that. Uh, second one, thing of beauty. Great shot. Fantastic Pretty much finish. takes a step back and then puts it literally where the spiders hang their webs. It was beautiful. Off the crossbar and yeah. What do you think about Pep yelling at Erling at halftime? So I did a little bit of research on that because yeah mm-hmm. when you're watching it he's laying into holland and the camera gets right up in there and pep pushes the camera away goes back to yelling at him yeah <laughs> apparently holland wanted bernardo to pass him the ball and so he was laying into bernardo silva mm-hmm. before the end of the half and so pep took issue with that told him no he, he shouldn't have passed you the ball you know it's almost halftime or you know telling him we need to remain possession and just see the half out and so he was laying into him. I mean, I guess, but like, I guess why do that in the middle of the pitch if you don't want people to see, right? Like, Yeah, and the, the only thing I can room. think of is more of he didn't want to do it in front of everybody in the locker room. So he does it in front of the world? Yeah. At least the world couldn't hear him, but they could see it. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I will say my biggest takeaway is without De Bruyne... Erling Holland looks like he's going to have to create some goals for himself. Maybe, yeah. We'll because see what Phil Fo- Phil Foden looked really good in this he game. Did. He did. I mean, Jack Relish was on the bench. He never played. Mm-hmm. Got to see a little brief Josko Gavardi all appearance. But, I mean, you still got Bernardo Silva, Phil yeah, Foden, Jack Julian Grealish. Alvarez out on the right. Julian Alvarez was playing, yeah. Yeah, Cole Palmer came in later. And they still have Kovacic, and then Rodri got the third goal. So yeah. Got Rodri chipping in, too, man. It's crazy. Um, But, I mean, I'm sure the world saw it. Kevin De Bruyne tweaked his already hurt hamstring out for at least two weeks. Called it in previous episode. Uh, how big of a blow is this for City if he still keeps having this nagging hamstring injury, but Pep still plays him? Oh, it's a huge blow. Especially if we start seeing more injuries. You know, if you see a Holland go down, mm-hmm. then I think alarm bells could be ringing. But, you know, they have great backup players. You know, Julian Alvarez, you know I'm high on him, man. The guy's fantastic. Yeah. So I don't think they'll be in too much trouble, but it'll be a drop-off, that's for yeah, sure. Definitely, definitely. And, I mean, drop-off is there between Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, Foden does not have the passing range that and vision that De Bruyne has, but... <laughs> There's a drop-off between Kevin De Bruyne and everyone on Earth. Yeah, right. (laughs) Literally everybody on Earth. Uh, Do you expect them to dip into the transfer window to sign someone in that same... I wouldn't be surprised if they get someone. I know they've been linked with Lucas Paqueta from West Ham. They've been looking at him. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a new signing came in. Or do you think they're just going to stick with Foden as more of a like-for-like replacement? I wouldn't be surprised if they dipped in the transfer market. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're already a little thin on the right side. Julian Alvarez isn't a naturally right-sided player. I would, wouldn't would be surprised if they found someone who could do both, honestly. Kind of like Bernardo Silva does. Yeah. Bernardo Silva's everywhere on that field. Yes, yes. And, like, honestly, Alvarez, I don't even think he really plays on the wing. Maybe he does. <laughs> the way they play, it's almost like a 3-2-4-1 kind of a thing. Right. 
<laughs> Seven attackers. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the newly promoted side. Speaking of Burnley, thoughts on how their season will shape up after seeing them for one game? I know you said Burnley was, you know, they gave their all against Manchester City. How did they yeah. look? The way they played in the championship, they played real attacking football. Mm-hmm. Possession. So I think that's what they'll, they have to obviously check that against teams like Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool. Probably you know, the bigger teams, now. Brighton even maybe. Yeah. But I think during some of these other teams, while they play some of these other teams, they'll be playing more of that attacking football. And you can see they wanted to play it in this lineup. They were a little defensive, having five at the back. So I expect that to that lineup to change as they play different opponents. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think they'll be fine. They'll stay up no problem, especially against, like you said, teams that aren't you know on the top part of the table. I think they'll probably give some of the bigger teams some problems too, especially with the way they counterattack. There was a couple where I thought they could have scored against City, but the final ball wasn't there. Uh, but, I mean, again, they look like any newly promoted side would against Manchester City. But. Yeah, that's a that's a rough first game. Like, I almost want to consider it a watch, man, playing Man City. I think they probably do too, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I do think they'll be fun to watch this season. I do, yeah. All right. We had Luton Town. could say that a couple years ago is about Burnley, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's Sean Dyche days. Oh, like pulling teeth. All right. Luton Town faced Brighton at the Amex Targo Thoughts. So, yeah, I watched this game. It was it was a pretty fun game. You know, Luton Town, they were in it till 35th minute. Yeah, when Soli Marsh scored. Yeah, Sully March scored. He got a it was a header, crossed in for a header, he put it in. And then yeah, the wheels started to come off there. I will say, you know, Jao Pedro got his debut, scored a PK, a little soft. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just mistakes cost Luton, man. There is one I don't know what this guy was doing in the box. He's trying to flick it over another player, didn't. Just like on a six yard box. And it's just like, what are you doing, guy? So, I mean, there's mistakes like that cost them. Because then they scored Brighton, new player. Um, What's his name? Uh, he was at Union St. Joie on loan. And then he came back to Brighton. Hmm. His name is Simon Adingra. Yeah. That was so, cool. remember his name. I think he's going to be kind of like a Keromatoma last year. Yeah, start to light up the league out of nowhere. But yeah, Brighton, they were pretty much in control of this one. Once that third goal went in, it was pretty much done and dusted. I'll say Krivis Estupian looked fantastic for Brighton. I was keeping an eye on that Mahmoud Dahoud, seeing Mm -hmm. how he was. He looks okay. James Milner came in. Uh, Your boy Ferguson popped up with a goal. So, I mean, I will say Brighton left off like they did last season, man, flying high. They went man for man on Luton Town and said, okay, beat us one-on-one. I mean, that's what Brighton's best at, too. So beat them at their own game or don't beat them at all. Well, they did beat them at all. I mean, that's what they did to Arsenal tail end of last season. We saw how much it worked for them. Yeah. But 
some positives for Luton, man. They did create chances. They got a goal. PK. Yeah. First goal it was ever a rough one. in the Premier League. Good for it them. It was a rough PK. I, I don't think they should have had one, but... But, yeah, they created chances, especially off set pieces. You know, they're a team with a lot of pace, especially in those fullback positions, and they got some big forwards, some big guys up yeah. there. Yeah, they do. And they were getting their head on the ball. It's just going every which way, but towards goal. <laughs> yeah, I think I think once they're, you know, they play a couple more games in the Premier League and they settle down a little bit. Because, I mean, it's first game ever for the history of your club. I mean, there's going to be some nerves there probably throughout the entire game. So yeah. give them a couple of games, especially that first game at home where it's going to be rocking. I we'll think. see when that is, though, because that game against Burnley has been postponed. Yeah, uh, I think I saw it on the schedule for this upcoming weekend. But Yeah, that one's been postponed. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see yeah, what that some actually history, is. Though, they had a player... Don't ask me to remember his name, but uh, at a bio, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Came from them from fifth division all the way up to the Premier League. First time sure. a player's done that. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. He's got to feel pretty good about that. He went from practicing in parks to now going to be playing at the likes of Old Trafford and Anfield. Yeah. Places like that. So that's, that's cool Saint to see. St. James Park. It'd be great. All right, the last one, Sheffield United. They played Crystal Palace. They lost 1-0. Thoughts on this one? Honestly, they could have had more Crystal Palace. Yeah. If it wasn't for some fantastic saves from the Sheffield goalkeeper, Wes uh, Fodderingham. I mean, Sheffield, they had one shot on goal. Uh, you know, they came close coming wide, but it, it was all Crystal Palace, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Udson Adard got their only goal in the 49th minute. Um, Like you said, I think Crystal Palace probably could have had a lot more in this game. It is worrying for me, though, for Sheffield United. I mean, having lost their best striker, they need another striker signing. They do. Otherwise, it's going to be a very long season for them. Yeah, they're they're going to struggle. Yeah. Jefferson Lerma looks fantastic for Crystal Palace, their new signing that they got yeah, from Bournemouth. Did. Yeah, he did. And uh, uh yeah, I know you're going to talk about their jerseys too. Dude, those black jerseys are sick. I loved them. <laughs> Crystal Palace jerseys. And then good old Roy Hodgson getting a little scuffle there on the sideline. Man. Guy just had a birthday last what, week. Eighty-five. He's seventy-six. Still... Okay. He just well, turned. Looks like he's eighty-five. <laughs> nope, just seventy-six. Oh, man, he, he's up there and still kicking. Man, good, good for, for him. him. Good for him. All right. So, what did you guys think of the relegated or uh, newly promoted squads? Do they stand a chance? Is Burnley the only one that's going to make it? The Luton Town stand a chance? Or is Sheffield United just doomed because they don't have any attacking options? Let us know. So let's get to uh, a team near and dear to our hearts with a bunch of debuts. In this one, Arsenal against Nottingham Forest. Um, I will start with, I think Arsenal are going to line up in all sorts of different ways this season, <laughs> orthodox and unorthodox with more pivots than you can count on two hands. 
Did you Holy expect crap. them to line up the way they did? Thomas Partey no, at right back? Not at all, especially after seeing how Thomas Partey played last season. And I, honestly, that's where I, I wanted to start. Forest. <laughs> that's where I wanted to start because he lined up at right back again. Wasn't convincing last season. How do you think it fared in the opening game this season? I think he did pretty good. I get helps having Saliba and Ben White back there, and then Drian Timber was left back. Yeah, Declan Rice and Kai Havertz, Odegaard in the midfield, Martinelli, and Ketty, I think, was a little bit of a surprise. I think so, too, yeah. And Bukayo Saka. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. Obviously, Partey, the plan was for him to go into that midfield. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't tell who was playing outside back and who was playing midfield because Timber did ben the same White. thing. Ben White was ben making White some was runs, going too, up man. There. It was like, Saliba, you're just going to be the anchor at the back. You protect Ramsdale. Everybody else going forward. I'm like, what is going on? They almost paid for it too early. Yeah, they did. Brennan Johnson should have had Nottingham Forest ahead in, I think, inside 10 minutes. Yeah, it was it was yeah. early. Um, But as far as working the ball out of the back for Forest, I mean, they had nowhere to go. Because of all those players in midfield and the press, I mean, they were hard done to do one to two passes in a row. Yeah, especially that first half, Arsenal just dominated them got their two goals so that martinelli assist you think he meant that i want to say yes but also i had to watch it like three times just to see what he did <laughs> his back heel yeah kind of um, tries to rabona kind of back heels it it because it went directly to niketia and because watching the replay so much it looks like he hits that ball pretty square and the way he works with his feet i don't think he would do that on accident I think he was trying to do it and get by the defenders. I don't think it yes. was a pass. No, I don't think that either. But the move itself, I think so. The move itself, yeah, he meant to do that. But I think like he overhits it. It, and it, just it reminds up... me like one of those crosses that ends up in a shot and goes in. Like, it's completely accidental, but they'll totally say, yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I don't think it's like that. Because those, you can tell he wasn't trying to, you know, score a goal. Here, he was well, trying yeah. to get by the defenders, but then the ball ended up in for Niketia. How, how cheeky was that, though? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Beautiful <laughs> piece like, of oh. skill. Well, he dribbled into two players. He's not getting the ball out. And then all of a sudden, it's at Niketia's feet. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Lil Chile had a golasso. Yes, he did. Even Kai Havertz was in awe. Just. Just yeah fantastic goal first half was all arsenal second half scary a little scary you're you're an arsenal fan that was nervy i mean they got exposed thomas Partey got exposed uh for their goal when anthony alanga and his wonderful run how quick did he look he blew past Saka too man yeah he did um and then that cross too how would he I want he scores against his favorite team in his childhood. Again, I mean, he's going to, if he's going to keep doing this, he's going to be a thorn in Arsenal's side. You might as well go <laughs> scoop him up. <laughs> Shoot. So, yeah, I mean, because of that, I think Arsenal's defense got exposed a little bit. If you can get past their midfield press, I think they're a little, if they play Partey more often, on that in that right back role, and you attack him, I mean, he's not a great one v one defender when he's isolated. Declan Rice looked really good though. Yes, he did. He was sniffing out danger. Oh yeah. Havertz did. Did he play? He did. 
Did he look good? <laughs> I no. know. I, that's what I'm saying. I know he played. Didn't see yeah. anything from him, which yeah, is... We'll, we'll get into that in a little not bit. Not voting well for my predictions. I have some thoughts on uh, Kai Havertz's performance. but And then the other that, new boy, Drian Timber, looked like a stud. Yes, So the poor did. guy had to come out injured. Before that, though, thoughts on Ben White playing instead of Gabrielle at center back. So Mikel Arteta came out and said it was tactical. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pick one not to play. Yeah. Gabrielle's I mean, got the short straw. Competition like that. So I mean, I mean you're Karen starting Tierney, Saliba. Karen Tierney didn't even make it on the bus. Yeah, so it, it's... Stuff for an Arsenal defender and Timber out. Who knows? They might go buy another one. The way they're going this transfer window. Keep hold of Tierney. I don't know. So, speaking of Arsenal's new look midfield, they played, all three of them played. I mean, Havertz almost playing like a false nine at times with Partey coming in to play more of that defensive role. How do you think, uh, well, let's start with I mean, Declan Rice, let's get a little more into that because he looked fantastic. I think I yeah, heard... just defensively, he was even pushing forward more. Mm-hmm. He had a nice shot in the second half that Turner got his fingertips to just to push around the post. But yeah, he's, I mean, the guy's a stud, man. Even on his tracking back, he's just a Rolls Royce, man. Just I was just going to say, it wasn't enough that they had one in William Saliba. They had to go buy two more in Jurian Timber and Declan Rice. <laughs> but Havertz, again, did he play? I mean, didn't I'll be any- honest with you. I will say he didn't do anything bad. No. But he well, offered actually did. nothing. He did a lot of things bad because I, you know, watched him the whole game. Uh, his final ball was awful. And his work rate off the ball was terrible. He's going to have to work a lot on it. This See, season. I don't think he did too bad defensively. I saw him track back a couple times, win the ball back. So I would say on his defensive more side. Of, more of offensively. Work offensively, off he didn't do anything. Yeah, like his runs were non-existent. Like there were a couple of times where he would make a run, and I was like, why are you doing that? Because Nketiah was already filling that space. And there was a couple of times where he could have made a run, but didn't. So I think it's just going to take him time to kind of figure well, I'm out. I'm curious why he even plays when you have Leandro Trossard. I, I, again, I have no idea. Uh, but in good news, Martinelli and Bukayo Saka look like they're in midseason form already. And how scary is that for defense? Saka looks fantastic, man. Martinelli looked real good, too. You never know which way he's going to go. I, I want to see him do more of what he did for his goals. Cut in on that left foot, kind of like a bring back those Ariane Robin days. Yes. I don't think he's going to have that much of a rocket and a cannon of a left foot, but he certainly can score some bangers. That's for sure. But yeah, he has, he, you never know which way he's going to go. Cause he also likes to go down to that line, mm-hmm. cross it in with his right. Yeah. And let's not forget Gabriel Jesus is out for, was out for this game and is going to be out for a couple of months. But I mean, when this team is fully healthy and, Kai Havertz finally clicks. How scary and terrifying is this attack going to be for defenses? You know, it it could be very scary, but we also saw the end of last year, Martinelli fell off and Ketia, I would say does not strike fear into a defense. No. And so it it could be the soccer show again. 
Yeah, but I think with Leandro Trossard and how he's fit in, if Martinelli falls off, I mean, Trossard's right there to take his spot. That's that's the plan, yeah. So, Are they the scariest offense in the league? No. No. So look at Man City's and think, stay on. Any team with Erling Holland in it is going to scare the poop out of me, so. Honestly, that uh, that Newcastle. We'll get into that. That Newcastle team I looks did scary that for a reason. So yeah, Jurian uh, Timber looked very impressive. Unfortunately, went out with what is now being said to be an ACL tear, and if that is true, it means he's out six to eight months. So he's done for the season, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. If you're Mikel Arteta, are you worried about that? Are you going to go back into the transfer market? I mean, they're pretty tight on funds right now, unless they sell somebody. I don't think they'll go back in the transfer market, no. I think if they sell some people, then they might dip back. I mean, it sucks. First game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they got Tamayasu. They got Kivior. So they they got cover. Yeah, I mean... mean, If Zinchenko's fit, does he... Does Timber start? If they're both fit? I would think that Zinchenko would start on the left and Timber would start on the right, but I don't know. Ben White's been impressive. Options, really. So I think they got cover. Yeah. Put it short. Uh, And then uh, Tim Howard during the coverage of this, which is the point that I really want to talk about the most. He said he has a good authority that David Raya is coming in to be the new number one at Arsenal to replace Aaron Ramsdale instead of competition. What do you you think of that? that? What do you make of that? I asked you first. I don't think so. No, Ramsdale's number one. My first question is, Tim Howard, who is your source? Rat him out. I want to know. Because I don't believe that for a second. You think Tim Howard, a Manchester United legend, has some sort of in at Arsenal? I don't think so. I don't think so. He's not a Man United legend. He's an Everton legend. Yeah, well. Man United. Played at Man United. They got taken over by Roy Carroll. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. He did terrible for Man United. No. He's a legend for doing awful. Anyways, I just thought it was interesting that he would say that on live television. So, anyways, uh, let's get to Bournemouth against West Ham. Now, I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep in the middle of this game. I did not watch this one because it was on at the same time as all the others. Um. I mean, so let West me know Ham, from what you remember. Yeah. How did it go? West Ham had the better of the chances in the first half. I think they hit the post once. Um, I know they took the lead through Jared Bowen. I did see the highlights of this game, so I do know yeah. it was a golasso, fantastic strike from Jared Bowen. There you go. It's kind of what we've come to expect from him, though. Um, yeah, Dominic Solanke equalized in the eighty-second. And Lucas Paqueta should have got the winner, but he hit the post in the 84th minute. And then Justin Clivert made his debut. Those are the things I know. All right, moving on to the next one then. (laughs) (laughs) Everton and Fulham. Now, this was much closer than I thought it would be. So I did, yeah, watch some of this game. And I got to say, man, I feel hard done if I'm Fulham. Or not Fulham, Everton. Yeah. I feel like Everton should have had some goals in this game. They need to get rid of Neil Mopay and 
go buy a freaking striker mix. Calvert Lewin's made. They just class. did. They bought a 19 year old from Sporting Lisbon. Well, they bought Dan Juma, who came on and missed a sitter that was flagged <laughs> offsides. <laughs> then it turns out he wasn't offside, something like that. I don't know. You take the man out of Tottenham, but you can never take the Tottenham out of the man. Well, he's a Villarreal player. Yeah, well, he played a Tottenham last season. So. Yeah, he did on loan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Fulham. The second half they looked much better, especially after bringing on Raúl Jiménez. I will say, I know he did hit the post in the fifty-seventh minute, but that would have been a golazo too, man, from Jiménez. I would love that. I would love to see him recreate the same form he had at Wolves. Because after that head injury he had against Arsenal, I think he's kind of fallen off a bit. So I would love to see him get back to that form. But yeah, he came off and Mitrovic came on. So are yeah. things good at Fulham? Mitrovic I, staying? I don't know. I mean, he said he would never play for him again, but he clearly lied about that because <laughs> he came on and played. And we've seen in the case of Cristiano Ronaldo, you can refuse to come on in a game. So, <laughs> and if you're kept, I refuse to come off. <laughs> that too. Uh, I, I would say things are looking better at Fulham. If Mitrovic is going to stay, I think that attack could get pretty good. Will they finish in the same spot they did last year? No, I don't think so. I think they'll be okay if they can keep Mitrovic and keep the coach, yeah, Marco, Marco Silva. Silva. Yeah, I agree. If they lose him and Mitrovic, I think they could be in trouble. Yeah, I think they could get relegated real Their fast. defense against an Everton team that, honestly, it's not firing. No. They they could have conceded some goals against a team that can finish. Yeah. And Everton, I, I they need some signings real fast. <laughs> yes, if they want to survive. Not just in the striker department, but everywhere in the attacking department. So, yeah. Especially with Calvert-Lewin always being hurt. Always hurt. Always. Always. All right. And then the Monday night game, we had Manchester United against Wolves. Rafael Varane got the lone goal in the 76th minute. It was very close. And I'll be honest with you, Wolves should feel very hard done in this one. Very hard done, man. Very. I thought they deserved a goal, man. Mateus Cunha. What the runs this guy had in that game, man. He looks oh, so they're good. so good. Just so good. Left Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro in his dust. Lissandro Martinez actually came off at halftime because he got like a yellow card in the first five mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't see what, any, what people see in him, man. I don't think he's that great of a te- defender. That can be a hot take. He's hot headed. He goes into rash challenges. He reminds me a lot of Christian Romero of Tottenham. But smaller and but yeah, smaller, yeah. Rash, hot-headed, picks up a lot of cards, can make the odd terrible tackle to get him in trouble. But I will say, VAR definitely left off or started again where they left off last season. Should Wolves have had a penalty after Onana came flying out and yes. missed the ball entirely? Yes. Yeah. He, he comes out to get the ball, man, for a cross, completely misses, and just tackles the player. Just clatters right into first him. First off, if you watch that, even if the ball got there at the same time, he wouldn't have even come near the ball with his hands. 
So his hands were like this, and the ball went right, yeah, right (laughs) through him. Second, the ball hit the attacker in the head and was about six feet in the air before he even made contact with the defender. Where on the field, anywhere else, is that not a foul? Oh, one hundred percent was a foul. Yeah, VAR looked at it for about five minutes and decided there was no foul. Should have been a foul. Should have been a foul. Uh, they also came out after the match, and the FA apologized to Wolves, saying that they made oh, a mistake. Good, give Weird. us a point. You could have done that. It was in the 90th minute. You could have just said, it's a penalty. You get less arguments about that than not calling anything. How do they not? It's, there's one game on a Monday. Why don't they have the boss or whoever's in charge just... Be there at the VAR exactly. room. Exactly. So none of this shit goes wrong. Exactly. What is he doing? Not to mention their new state-of-the-art referee training facility that costs several hundred million dollars. It's like, let's just spend, throw money at a problem and maybe it'll fix itself. Stupid. Dumb. What about when uh, Anthony tackled his defender on a corner? Literally staring at the ref the whole time. Like yeah, this. it was pretty funny. <laughs> did you hear Peter Drury's commentary on it? I did. <laughs> Called a lover's embrace. <laughs> it was. It was. Especially where his head was. Oh, yeah. Funny. Funny stuff. Yeah. I thought that one also should have been a penalty. But debuts for Mason Mount and Andre Onana. What'd you think? Yeah. I thought Mason Mount was underwhelming and barely noticed that he even played. Kind of like Kai <laughs> I was going to say, like another Kai Havertz and Mason yeah. Mount play. <laughs> uh, Andre Onana made a couple of good saves. I think he had six in the game. He had that one point blank save with his foot. I think it was on Matthias Cunha. Yeah, uh, he was their only threat, Matthias Cunha. So probably. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I would say underwhelming for Andre. A couple good saves. Yeah, honestly, the best player is Bruno Fernandez on that team, man. He's the one who cut the ball, broke the broke the lines for Wambasaka to run in, who then crossed it for Varanda head in. Mm-hmm. And then Rashford, disappointing again up top. I just, I don't think he's a natural He's striker. not a striker, man. You got to play him on the wing. Yeah. I mean, they need probably, Boylan or someone in there. Martial. better off playing Garnacho up top, honestly. Garnacho didn't do much either, man. No. Samedo had him in his back pocket for this game, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So... In my opinion, a very underwhelming performance from Manchester United. Uh, this is what we're going to see all season. They're in trouble. Although, you Against know, a better everybody, team, yeah. everybody was celebrating them winning for like the 70th game in a row at home, saying Old Trafford is a fortress. Okay, it's not really. You paid the rest. Yeah, I, I saw that. The last game they lost at Old Trafford was the opening game there last season to Brentford. Yeah. I just, but Wolves looked good, I will say. Gary O'Neill coming in just for just a couple days, they they didn't look half bad. Man, they play like that all season. I think they, they I think they'll be safe. Yeah, they'll be good. Which all is right. Let's get to said. our Fab Five games to watch. I did yes. watch all of these, so I hope you did too. I watched most of them. Yes, it it made for a busy Saturday. It did. I can tell you that. So let's get into the German Super Cup Bayern Munich RB Leipzig. Harry Kane's debut kind of overshadowed everything, and RB Leipzig said, but wait, we're still here. We want a party. Uh, Danny Olmo uh, spoiling the party for Harry Kane with a hat trick. 
emphatically spoiling that party. Holy cow. Got off to an early lead, too, in the third minute. Yeah. And then his second goal, man. His second goal was a beauty. Beautiful piece of skill. Just completely does delay it. You were talking high on him, man. I I am high on him. Made him look like a turd sandwich in this one. Turd sandwich. Yes, he did. (laughs) I mean, honestly, Danny Omo made that entire Bayern Munich defense look like a turd sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, Kim Min Jae came on. Harry Kane came on after they were down two nil. And yeah, they got a third handball from Masrawi. However, you say his name, Nasir Masrawi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fantastic penalty for his third for Danny Olmo. Yeah, goalkeeper guessed the right way and yeah. still kicked it low and hard. Yeah. So yeah, Danny Olmo impressed me the most out of this game. I will say, RB Leipzig. You know, when they're on, they're on, and they are one of the most fun teams to watch. But when they're not playing well, they're downright awful. And they so, lost a lot of players, man. They did. Especially goals in Nkuku. And then Sabotzalai. They yeah. lost Josko Gavardio, mm-hmm. Conrad Leimer, who was playing for spine. Bayern. Yeah. Their whole spine of their team is gone. So it'll be interesting to see. They always replace their players that they sell on high fees. They replace them pretty quick. So they got a great well, they, youth system there. Yeah, I was looking at their. I mean, they got Javi Simmons on loan. You know, Demo Werner was playing. Their defense isn't terrible, so I, they put it together. Yep. Well, they obviously did something good because they won the first trophy of the season, and uh, it's officially Declan Rice 1, Harry Kane 0. <laughs> and yeah, Leipzig, they have good subs, too, even that were sitting on their bench. Yusuf Polson, Emil Forsberg, Fabio Carvalho, Lucas Klosterman. So they got a good squad. Yep. Uh, worrying signs for Bayern Munich. Potentially, hopefully not. Kim and Jay hopefully start you know starts most games, and I think he shores up that defense a little bit. Harry Kane starts up top, and I think you can see it, see them turn it around. But man, wouldn't it be something if Harry Kane goes to Bayern Munich and they don't win the Bundesliga after winning it for what is it, eleven years? Eleven years in a row. That yeah, would be something. That's for sure. After they break their record of 100 million plus. That's insane. That would be something. That would be insane. I'd feel bad Uh, for Harry Kane at that point, man. (laughs) I would too. I'll be honest. I don't want to, but I would. All right, let's move on to, in my opinion, the best game of the weekend. Mine too. Villa and Newcastle. Uh, However, this did not go the way that I think anyone really saw it going. Maybe it did for the first ten minutes. Did I? After that, I don't. I think I could have seen this coming. Really? At St. James's Park? Maybe not yeah, quite that emphatically, but that's that's what I mean. Not that emphatic. Newcastle win. Probably could see that, but five to one? Really? Holy crap! I mean, it was a fantastic opening eleven minutes, very even. But after that, man, that was all Newcastle. Holy cow! Did they look good? Uh, they're actually believe it or not looking much better than they did last season (laughs) (laughs) Sandra Tanali man what a signing gets his 
goal on his debut, but then Musa Diaby comes right back to get a goal on his debut to tie things up 1-1. Yeah, yeah, what a game. What a game it was. Isak had a brace, so then late on, Cal Wilson and Harvey Barnes, another debutant. Yes. And what about that celebration for Harvey Barnes? For the arrow? I don't know if you saw the replay a little closer. The fat guy with no shirt on? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it right back at him. Uh, all right. So, I mean, we've seen this with Newcastle. They keep a high press. <clears throat> but this was like a whole new level of high press for Newcastle. This, just the sheer speed of it. You think they well, can keep that up all that, season? But if you notice in that second half, especially for those last two goals, that Villa line was very high. And so that high press, couple passes, boom, boom, bing, bang. They're through. Harvey Barnes is through on goal. He got through on goal a couple times. Yeah, he did. Tried to pass Callum Wilson, and it didn't put enough on the pass. And then he scores on the second one. So, I mean, it was, they were shredding that Villa defense at the end there. They were. Uh, Pau Torres getting his debut after an unfortunate injury to Tyrone Mings who left the game and it looks like another ACL injury it'll be out a lengthy period of time someone as well. say a prayer for me man I'm playing soccer tomorrow I don't don't need no knee injury <laughs> oh yeah. so many ACL tears this weekend Yikes. um what do you think of Pau Torres' debut albeit how short it was I think he'll be a good defender He's great at breaking those lines. He likes to make those forward passes. I think he'll be a good signing. I will talk about their other boy, Musa Diaby. He looked like the threat for Villa, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. Yeah, Ollie Watkins was very disappointing in this game, I will say. A little bit. Leon Bailey was very disappointing in this game. Very. Came off, and then Yuri Tielemans came on and did not look much better. I think he was playing a little bit out of position, if I'm being honest. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, once Unai Emery figures that that whole system out that they're going to play with these new players to get the best out of them, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I will say lofty finish of fourth is looking real bad now, uh, especially <laughs> how good Newcastle looks. Your <laughs> your prediction, yeah. not so much mine. I, I'm, I'm I said cool. mine. I said mine. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, Newcastle seriously impressed me and probably was the most impressive team this entire weekend. Yes. Okay. Spurs and Brentford. This one ended 2-2, but the real question was, how do Spurs look without Harry Kane, and what will they do to replace him? Play Richarlison. Play Richarlison. Well, he didn't get any goals in this one. No, he did not. again. But I will say... James Madison. He looks good. Looks like he's been there for a while. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a fantastic signing for Spurs. Big if, but yes. Big if. Yes. Uh, Also got starts for uh, Vicario, the goalkeeper, and Miki Vendevin, the defender. Yeah. Uh, Vendevin looked good at times. At other times, he did not. I think I would blame that more on the system. Yeah. And post the Koglu, man, they're going to be... They're going to be conceding goals, but I think they'll be scoring goals. That's so, a good thing. I think if Spurs Richard games will be entertaining. Ball in the net, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's an interesting thing though. They don't have Harry Kane, so they'll be scoring goals. It's how much, and 
are they going to be able to keep the ball out of the net enough to be successful this season? That's the big question. They they need to be on the right end of those three twos. <laughs> so you yeah. start getting on the other end of them, then the season can turn bad real quick. Yeah. Uh, Our left start... back, though, young boy, yes. I wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, Destiny Udogi. Yes. Young Man, Italian he looked, player. He looked good. Very good. Defensively. He was popping up. He was yeah. popping up all over the place, all man. Place. Break breakthrough season for him? Could be. could be. I think it could be. Uh Christian Romero scored a wonderful goal after a fantastic free kick from James Madison. And yeah, then, got on the end of a header. And, and then, then had, had to, to come, come off. off. <laughs> <laughs> he had a collision just a few minutes before that and then I think it's the right choice. Plus, school glue took him off. Yeah. Uh, should a PK been given for Brentford for the foul on Matthias Jensen? He did go down holding the wrong foot. He did. Son did catch him, though. So I think I, I would have given it. Okay. If I'm being honest. Um, How do you think Brentford will look without David Raya and Ivan Tony for the first half of the season? I think fine. Yeah. If this game's to go off anything. Um so goalkeeper Flecken. Yeah. got from Freiburg. He looked good. He did. And then you got Mbomo up there who's just a terror for defenses and Visa and then Shade coming off the bench. So yeah, they looked they looked Pretty okay. Good. All right. Well, we'll see coming up this season. Both teams probably vying for around the same position in the league, so We'll see how they fare. I think 2-2 probably was an even scoreline in that one. I think it was. Uh, we had Sevilla and Valencia. Uh, probably not the way we thought this game would go, but Valencia win 2-1. to one. They did, and we're not the better team and probably should not have won. <laughs> so I was watching this one, man, and just thinking, like, Sevilla started out strong the first few minutes, and then... Or Valencia did, pardon me. Valencia started out strong, and then Sevilla grew into the game. And it was just, it wasn't the most exciting game, I'll be honest. But Sevilla were just controlling it, and then Valencia were kind of looking on the, the counter. But Valencia, they went up 1-0 in the 60th, and then Sevilla got the equalizing goal from Inesiri in the 69th. And then I know a defender you're pretty high on, Luke Bade. Cut a red card. Yeah, for den- denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Weak, definitely weak. His arm kind of goes out. The player like hits his arm and then uh, does the dramatic fall. He was the last defender. Yeah. yeah. Gave a ref no choice though. Can't do that. Nope. And he 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 made a mistake. He tried to head the ball back to the goalkeeper, and it was a weak pass. So he tried to make up for it and got caught. Yeah. But Valencia got the winner in the 88th, and that was all she wrote. The young guns of Valencia got it done. Yeah, and a huge win for them, especially after the way they finished last season. And vice versa, a terrible loss for Sevilla, especially after the way they finished last season. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. And then to uh, the game that sparked the all the dramas game. in the. Transfer window. We had Liverpool and Chelsea. 
So the big question, I mean, this one ended 1-1. We got two more goals than we got in the previous six appearances against each other. Which team looked better? Which half? <laughs> okay. Um, let's start with the first half. The f- first half of the first half, I will say Liverpool. Okay. So I assume the second half of the second half. First I half. would say overall Chelsea probably looked yeah. like the better team. Um, Liverpool, you know, they got the goal first. Beautiful pass from Mo Salah to Luis Diaz. Not to mention his first touch on that to set up the pass. Holy cow. Beautiful. And then I think the changing point was Mo Salah scored another goal, but it was ruled offside. And that's when the the game started to shift towards Chelsea. And they got their goal through uh, their defender, new boy. Axel Yeah. Man, did he look excited for that one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they had a bunch of new signings. DeSassi, Levi Colwell, Nico Jackson. Nico Jackson, Robert Malibuso Sanchez. Malibuso made an appearance, yeah. Robert yeah. Sanchez. So, so they had a lot of a lot of debuts. Yeah, they did. Uh, speaking of debuts, we had the two new boys for Liverpool, Dominic Sabotsloy and Alexis McAllister. Thoughts McAllister on looks good, man. It's a Dude, have a couple looks of mistakes good, man. in there where he gave the ball away, but other than that, yeah. He looks good for that, for, you know, playing out of position, I would say. He's playing as that deepest midfielder. Supposedly, mm-hmm. just looks like a freaking athlete, man. Just looks big, strong, athletic, just guy. Yeah. And he's got the skill, too, so. Yeah, he'll be a good signing for them. Um, How did you think Nico Jackson did in his debut? I'm excited for him. I think he needs, to, he needs to be a little bit more clinical. He had a chance in uh, the first half that he did not finish. Yeah. I will but say. He's pacey. He's w- just a willing say, he's runner. lightning quick. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, he is quick. Saw him run past Virgil van Dyke a couple times. Made him look like a slug. But he's a willing runner, man. He just, yeah. he likes to run. He makes runs. So that, that's what you need in your, your forward. Yeah. Uh, correct. Handball given. On Nicholas and Nico Jackson, so it wasn't given. Yeah, yeah, I think it was right correct. Call, his, sorry, his arm was like right up against his chest, and it was a flicked header on the guy right in front of him. And he had both arms right here, so it's deemed natural. Correct. I call. mean, if his arms aren't there, then it hits him in the chest. So, yeah, yeah. Um, how do these two teams? Fair, you know, compared to the likes of you know top two from last season, Manchester City and Arsenal, they looked sloppy. Lots of passes given away in that first half by both teams. Made it entertaining. So for us neutrals, it made it fun to watch. But it was sloppy. Yeah, I will say the one disappointing thing I saw from this game is Liverpool and attack. I mean, they only had one shot on target, and it was the goal. So, they didn't create I mean, a whole lot. So that's what I'm saying. Robert Sanchez wasn't tested. And like the times he should have been, it was a poor touch from Nunez or it was lots of poor first touches, honestly. Like there was one where Robert Sanchez pretty much gave the ball away. He passed it to Enzo, who was clearly marked, and Enzo was pointing the other way, the person to pass it to. And he gets the ball taken off of him and it's fired into Darwin Nunez, who has a terrible touch. And then it was similar, like, um, can't remember his name. Who's the left back for Chelsea? Yeah, I can't remember either. For some reason. I know his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. 
Give me two seconds. Chillwell. Yeah. There was a pass to Chillwell that, again, he has a terrible first touch that takes the ball away from him. So then he's playing catch up with the ball and he fires a shot and Allison makes a save. And again, there's passes that can be made to slide a player in and they're overhit. And so it's just little stuff like that where if they can get that right, man, they'll be firing, I think, Chelsea. Yeah. Worrying times for Chelsea, though. Reese James left the game with an apparent injury yet again. Another player made a glass. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Mo Salah being absolutely infuriated by su- being subbed off? I think it was a piece of tape with every step he took. Yeah, he was wrapping the tape off of his hand, throwing it on the ground, and the Chelsea fans are chanting every time he would would throw it. Probably a nothing sandwich, if I'm being honest. He's probably just a little disappointed. I know if he would have scored, he would have broke a record and scoring like in seven opening days in a row in the Premier League, so I wouldn't make much of it. No, not at all. But I want to ask you a question. Out of all the the new boys that had their debuts, who had the best performance? Sandro Tonali. Hands down. (laughs) The amount of energy he brought to that Newcastle team, especially in that, like, the opening exchanges of the first half, you could just tell whenever he was in and around the ball, the Newcastle team just looked on fire, ready to go. He always seemed to be in the right place at the right time defensively and offensively, which was crazy for a guy who's supposed to be playing as the number six. He's more of a defensive midfielder. So, Okay, so give me your second then. That was your first. Second? Man, that's tough. So you got the likes of, you know, Onana, Mason Mount. You had the Levi Colwell, I would count. DeSassi, yeah. Nico Jackson, James Madison. I'm going to go a little... Outside of the box with this one, I'm probably going to go with Mark Flecken. Brentford. Okay, goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. He had some fantastic saves, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know if Brentford missed David Rye at all this season. So They may not, yeah. yeah. All right. Other thoughts from leagues around the world, Targo? Yeah, man, I got to talk about this uh, Barca game that happened on the weekend. They played Hitafe, man. It was a wild show. So it ended nil-nil. Red card for Rafinha, red card for Hitafe, red card for Xavi. This was a wild game. The officiating was absolutely atrocious. Atrocious, man. Like, you know how they have all the new rules now? Like, the coaches are supposed to stay in their technical areas. You're not supposed to wave the pretend card. You're not supposed to run up to the referee or kick the ball away. The guy was not enforcing any of that. Like, there was literally a scene. I cracked up laughing, man. I forget who passed the ball to Ronald Rullo, who was on the sideline. And the ball was going over his head, so he jumps up and just grabs it. Plucks it out of the air while he's in play. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) And he didn't get a yellow card for that intentional handball. It was just nuts. And honestly, this game looked more like a WWE match or the NFL than a football game. Just the tackles. Rafinha throws a hard elbow. Uh, He gets a forearm to his face for his troubles before that. It was just nuts, man. Oh, my God. 
And there was late drama, of course, where uh, Oruyo got fouled in the box. And then the ref goes to look at the VAR. And then he sees, says Gavi had a handball before that, which was a pretty made-up handball. It was tough to see. And yeah, it was just wild, man. But I will say, youngster, Lamine Yamal looks good for Barca, man. Only 16. Yeah, man. They young winger. Another, another gem out of La Mesa. He's so good. Messiah. Messiah, that's it. And then I got to give a shout out. Jude Bellingham scored on his debut. Yep. Looks As like Real Madrid he's been there won. for a while. Class. But, I mean, the Bundesliga and the Serie A are back, man. Premier League's back. It's a good time to be a football fan. That's right. Huh. Well, this episode's gone on long enough, man. I think that yeah. does it for this one. Yeah, I'm all talked out. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to check back for the next episode coming up. We got more football to talk about. Make sure to check out all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Check out the Redbubble. Look at the sexy merch. You know you want it. Help us keep doing this. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Thank you so much. As always, cheers.